Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Fairview Family Ministry Podcast. My name is Pastor John, and today we get to have the privilege of talking with Pastor Brandt and rhythms of our family life. Now, before we do that, I am so glad that you're here. This podcast serves our families at Fairview Church in Lebanon, Tennessee, and that's why this podcast exists, just to help partner with parents as they disciple their kids in their home. And so we're excited to be able to bring you this podcast. Podcast. This is the first episode ever, and so this is really exciting for us. Please go ahead and leave a generous rating and review uh, wherever you're listening to this podcast. That would be super helpful for us as we uh, get this podcast out there for our families to listen to. On today's episode, we have Pastor Brant. We're going to be talking about family rhythms and how those are important not only for our individual walks with Christ and how spiritual formation happens through rhythms, but how they also transform our families as well. So glad that you're here. Thank you so much for listening to today's conversation. I know you're going to be blessed as I was, as I got to chat with Pastor Brant. All right, here we go. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Pastor Brant, for being here on today's podcast. Uh, for those that may not be familiar with Fairview or they're new to Fairview Church, just uh, give a little intro to yourself and maybe a little bit about your family before we jump into today's topic. Sure. Well, yeah, thanks for having me on here. My name is Brant Wagner, and I serve as the lead pastor at Fairview Church in Lebanon, Tennessee, just uh, about 30 minutes east of Nashville. Home, of, home of Cracker Barrel. Home of Cracker Barrel. That is definitely what we are most famous for. And uh, yeah, so happy to serve with John Spolino. Great team here at Fairview Church. I've been here for four years, and I have uh, my wife, Jill, is actually, it's not only the home of Cracker Barrel, but Lebanon is also the home of Jill, now Wagoner, uh, Martin. And so we're back in her hometown and have three little boys who are 10 seven and three. Awesome. Well, we are excited to have you on today's uh, podcast. And today we're going to be talking about particularly rhythms in the Christian life. And the way I want to just start off with this conversation is um, kind of a 30,000 foot view level of what we you know, what are rhythms, why are rhythms important, uh, how do they impact, you know, our daily life. And you can even tie that into your story if you want a little bit um, and just why they are important in general. And then we'll talk a little bit deeper um, on those kind of daily activities and uh, maybe some family uh, element stuff. Sure. Yeah. So rhythms are things that we all have, right? We all have routines and rhythms throughout our week. And I think for me, what was significant was realizing how the rhythms that I had and and kind of the habits uh, that were contained there were shaping and forming me. And I think that was something that I just, I didn't really think about how formation was happening in my life and, and it was producing certain results and within my family, kind of the rhythms and, and habits were shaping us, uh, but we weren't being very intentional about that. And, and I think because of that, uh, we experienced some, some of those negative consequences, I guess. So rhythms would just be the regular patterns and, um, you know, really portions of your day, I guess, and your week and, and the way that we have been thinking about rhythms here is, is thinking about how can we use these patterns that are already present in our days and our weeks and our months and our year, 
uh, in a way that leads to positive spiritual formation. Because again, we're always being formed and we're always being shaped one way or another. So, so how can we utilize what is already present in our lives in a way that's, that's positive both for us and for our families? And uh, yeah, so, so like every day, just to give an example, uh, you have your morning routine, right? And, and that may just be you individually or you with your family. And then for us, we have the rhythm of driving. So I drive my boys to their school. So there's this drive time rhythm. Uh, we're going to have lunch, typically, most of us. And then you're going to have typically your evening dinner bedtime routine. And so those are rhythms, for instance, that are present in every single day. And, and thinking about those intentionally, I think is really important. Yeah. So, um, a part of this conversation started with, um, about these rhythms was talking through a book called the common rule by Justin early. And he lays out this kind of framework of loving God, loving others, and how rhythms are essentially important in that. And you were mentioning, uh, you know, just the drive time, bedtime, like these natural built-in rhythms, and that if you want to kind of grow uh, in your relationship with God and your relationship with others, then utilizing those rhythms to to benefit those areas is what you need to do. Um, And I think you hit on a couple of points that I wanted to bring up was one, that we all have routine, and even the lack of routine shapes us right. and what we do. Uh, but more importantly, that there's an intentionality behind it, that we can't expect um, our relationship with God to grow. Um, we can't expect our relationship with others, others to grow if we're not utilizing those rhythms. Now, I wanted to ask a question just of uh, why do you think rhythms are so important in uh particularly just thinking through the last two years with Mm -hmm. 2020 and everything, all the craziness like that's been going on. Why do you think rhythms are important for us as followers of Christ and for our families, uh, given the season that we've, we've been in? Yeah. So we are in a time and have been in a time of, of chaos at some level. And I think the lack of structure and rhythm has, has been really problematic at a lot of levels there. I think specifically, during the pandemic, you had all of these normal rhythms and structures that were established got removed and or at least got shifted. And what it led to was this this kind of um, disorganized, ever flowing, you know, moving from from one hour to the next, one day to the next, not even remembering what day it was you know, half the time. Uh, I think those were the kind of realities that and it's not that they were all brand new, but I think that we we really are made for structure and rhythm. Uh, we really are, our brains are made to work with these, these rhythms in place and this structure in place. One of the things that was interesting for me before the pandemic, I was in Israel and so spent a little over a week there. And when I was there, you you see even like the Sabbath, Shabbat, so at Friday night, everything shuts down and it's pretty well shut down through Saturday and even through the day, uh, you know, through the, through the rest of the week. There's, there's more of, of kind of a cultural established rhythm. And, and we have these at some level. Uh, but I think I realized how much of the scriptures present us with some of these, these rhythms at some level where when you're looking at 
the Jewish culture, the Hebrew people, you have, for instance, prayer times three times a day. And so that's something that kind of structures the day. You have this Shabbat where you're with your family, you're not working, you're resting, uh, you're reading scripture together, you're having conversations with family and friends, you're eating meals together. Uh, you know, these things were, were really established. And I think there was a lot of work that was being done by that. And in a lot of ways with just kind of the, the realities that we're facing today, I think, I think we have lost a lot of that. And, and we don't really do so well without it, you know, and, and, uh, because those, those rhythms get filled with other things. And, and so the, I think for us right now, the moment we're in is, is going, okay, so how, how can we restore that? Not in, not in a legalistic way. And I think that's important. We're not trying to go back to some type of militaristic, you know, regimented, uh, structure that just makes life miserable for everybody. But, but I think, again, it's, it's for our good. It's how we're made to work. Um, and we even, you know, we even see this in Genesis. Uh, and so, so considering how, how do we establish these, these rhythms and routines in a way that, yeah, that serves us and our families well. Yeah. I think, uh, when we talk about these rhythms, you had mentioned a couple of months ago in a sermon about how, um, there's something that you, you can know about, I think you were talking about one of uh, the feasts where they go outside with the tent um, and they mm-hmm. stay outside and how there's something where you can know about that, but you actually don't know it until you actually experience being outside and being active and participating in that particular feast. Sure. And I think that is a similar thing with a lot of these spiritual disciplines and that mm-hmm. we can know that we should be fasting mm-hmm. or even just the simple act of getting on our knees and praying, you know, mm-hmm. three times a day. Mm-hmm. There's just something about the participation of kneeling with mm-hmm. your body that tends to, uh, uh, you know, make it a different experience. So I don't know sure. if you have any thoughts on that of like your participation in sure. and how that in, impacts uh, you in these uh, spiritual disciplines and spiritual formation. Yeah, absolutely. So when we're looking at Genesis, one of the elements that we consistently see is the reason for doing certain things is so that you may know or so that your children may know. And that word know for us is very much informational, propositional knowledge. And, and that's kind of how our culture is built. We download information and we have access now online to all of this information. But the understanding of knowledge in the Hebrew scriptures uh, is, is far more embodied in that way. And when you think about the, again, the rhythms, the structure that were in place, you had you had very much structure to the week, but you had structure to the month, to the year with these festivals. And so Sukkot, or the, uh, the festival of, of booths, is what you're talking about. Yeah, so you're camping out, you know, together with your family, your friends, everybody. And, and you have, even through that, you have this structure. You have scriptures that you're reading. You have certain foods that you're eating. And you're talking with your children. Uh, they're asking you certain questions. Why do we do this? And you explain, you know, because our forefathers were wandering uh, you know, God had delivered them from Egypt, but then they're wandering in the wilderness. And anyway, the the experience of God's provision was made known in a way that, that couldn't have just been delivered through uh, telling them that informationally. So I do think that when we're considering our own families and, and lives in that way, I think I think that the the kind of knowers, I guess, that we are uh, in a in a real way uh, 
is tied to what we're actually doing with our bodies, with our families, with our, with our time. Um, and, and there's a way in which God, we recognize God's way is always the best way. His design is perfect, right, for us. And there are certain things that when we, when we do them that we, we know him in a certain way and that we know one another in a certain way um, and that we know the world around us in a certain way. And, um, and yeah, I think that w- the example you gave of, of like kneeling prayer, for instance, is something that I think is helpful. And part of the reason is because it trains your body to, to expect to do something. And that's one of the things that I think is, is really powerful is when you build a habit like that. So you, you do something routinely, it really does work for you. Because you don't have to sit there and decide, am I going to pray? Literally, your body is telling you, hey, it's, it's this time, and this is, this is what we do. And, and so your, your body has learned that, right? So that's a different kind of knowledge. Your body actually, the muscle memory has developed. And so now you are more easily able to, to spend that time in prayer, right, as opposed to something else. Um, and, and that, yeah, that's, that's an important element. Even we talked earlier about some of the rhythms with our family. When you, for instance, drive to school every day and you have what we do, which is a prayer time on the way. And we sing the Lord's prayer together after that. Um, and so that is not something we have to think about. Sure. We already know this is going to happen. It's literally formed into our bodies. We're expecting it to happen. I don't have to like convince my kids, you know, to do this. And I don't even have to really think about it. So those are the things when you do things repeatedly and and they become habits, then literally within your very body, there is this expectation that you do that. And it, and it just makes it easier to do these things routinely um, and not, not have to always be thinking about, okay, what do I do now? What's the best way to spend this time? Sure. And I think where this, uh, this topic is beneficial for families. I think a lot of parents are out there. They want to disciple their kids. They want to lead their family spiritually, Mm -hmm. but they have this like uh, maybe question mark above their heads of like, Mm -hmm. what do I actually do? Um, And I think sometimes people can have this idea of like, oh, I've got to have, you know, this whole entire uh, professional or formal way of like discipling my kids when oftentimes it's just taking advantage of the time that you have uh, in the car ride Absolutely. and those sorts of things. And so while there is a formal aspect of things that of stuff that you can do, like, you know, family worship time and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff, a lot of parenting is, uh, reacting to situations that arise mm-hmm. with your kids, yeah. um, when they fight with their brother or their sister, mm-hmm. when they get hurt on a playground, whatever it is, a lot of it's reacting. And instead of, uh, just trying to solve the problem, seeing it as a disciple making opportunity, but it's, it's also just the random, like, I mean, stuff happens, right? Like, yeah. you know, it's just random and, and things are crazy. And it's about taking advantage of those times to teach and to, uh, dis- you know, disciple your child. Mm-hmm. And I even think when we talk about these rhythms, um, there's a practice that happens when you continue to ask yourself a set of questions. And so when you're going into a conversation with your child, asking the, the 
the questions of, you know, what's the heart motivation going behind behind mm-hmm. this? Is it that, you know, my son really just wants that toy or is it, you know, there's some selfishness that's embedded deep in their soul that we need mm-hmm. to address and like think through, you know, are they scared or are they afraid of something? And that's why they acted out this way and really getting to the heart, like having even that repetition of questions to think through is helpful when you're dealing with, uh, with your children. And the more you ask those, when you go into a conversation, the more it becomes second nature. Uh, so you react, uh, better you know mm-hmm. when, when when situations sure. happen and i think like just as a as a man i think uh, men tend to want their kids to be perfect um and when they're not we tend to you know i know for me uh frustration sets in pretty quickly but when i ask myself those questions over and over and over again i find myself being less frustrated when something happens because it didn't happen the way i wanted it to or it's now become an inconvenience in our life right all these uh selfish motivations that arise but i'm asking myself proper questions about myself why am i getting upset but i'm also asking proper questions with my child and that only comes from repetition and asking those questions and being intentional about asking those questions as uh, things arise now uh justin early came out with another book in November so he came out with common rule which is more of the 30,000 foot view and then he came out with a book about um, called uh, habits of the household which there's some overlap between the two books but it's primarily trying to focus on the rhythms of the family the rhythms of um, you know uh, how you uh, lead your family well and he has a quote at the very beginning that kind of sets up the book and where it's trying to accomplish. And he says this, our routines become who we are. And we see that in his other book, right? The habits Mm -hmm. form us. Um, But it says, um, and those become the story and culture of our families. And so who we are, the habits that we have inevitably form our families. And Mm -hmm. so we kind of talked about that a little bit, but he uses this word uh, liturgy. And I wanted to just describe that word real quick. He says, a liturgy in the formal sense is a pattern of worship repeat over and over, hoping that the pattern draws us into worship and forms us in the image of the one that we worship, i.e., you know, being God. And so he talks about um, bedtime liturgy. And I think um, when it comes to parenting, I think one of the uh, easiest or maybe the most accessible times maybe to disciple your child is that bedtime routine. And so I want to just take a moment and just kind of talk through uh, maybe what are some bedtime routines that we could help parents maybe establish that would be a good thing that they should do before bed every night with their child. And so maybe give us some examples. And I've got a couple of things that I'd like to say. No, I think that's good. And we are habit making machines. Like Mm -hmm. that's how our brains are built. That's how our bodies are built. And so you're going to make habits you're constantly in a process of forming habits. And so that's where these kind of small things that you do on a repeated basis are so significant because those tiny little things, you know, here and there become habits. Mm -hmm. And then those habits really do, like you're saying, they shape who you become. Uh, One of the quotes that I think early mentioned in the book that I've heard before is systems are perfectly designed to get the results they're getting right now. So whatever you're experiencing in your life, your family, there is a system in place that is perfectly designed to get those <laughs> results. And that's helpful to know this isn't just happenstance. So when you're talking about bedtime routines, right, obviously that is a time uh, that is prone to chaos. Uh, so one of my favorite Hebrew terms in uh, Genesis, tohu wabohu, uh, which, is, which is this chaos, formless void. So with three little boys in the age of my little boys, and of course you've got little boys as well, 
like that time can just be a battle and it can be yeah. just an absolute mess, right? So, so when you walk into it without kind of a plan, it's going to kind of unfold that way. But I think what you're saying, so when we form these habits, even of you were talking about questions we're asking um, or, or the routine that we're going to follow, it allows you to, to form both yourself and your children in a certain way where they're expecting certain things to happen. And, and the pattern that kind of has developed for us is we're going to, to read and sing and pray, right? So what we read at first, it was the Jesus Storybook Bible. So we've read that a ton of times. And, and that still is kind of what we fall back to. Um, but then we do seasonal things. So like right now we're doing Advent. We have a guide that we're walking through. And so we're reading that in the evening. Um, and then, you know, we have other things. Like I've read through the Chronicles of Narnia with my kids kind of in that. So, so that element. And then, then we're going to sing. So we have hymns that we sing. And, and we kind of let kids pick. And, of course, habits develop there, too. Sure. But we're going to sing those together, and they, and they know the words of the hymns. And, and, again, this is something that over time develops where they're not fighting you on this. They're actually joining in and enjoying it. And then, and then I'm going to pray before we go to bed. And, and again, that's, that's just kind of a way of, of closing out, I guess, our time together. And so that would be a way that I think our kids have a, there's almost a stability in that. Like whatever's happened during the day, we kind of know how things are going to come to a close. And I think that moment before going to sleep, we've talked about this, is so significant. Sure. And, and what those, uh, you know, rhythms are really is, is hugely important in shaping a kid and a family. Yeah, we, you know, just to touch on that, and then we'll maybe get to one more point before we uh, finish is, you uh, in his book, he talks about that last few moments before he, you go to bed. Mm-hmm. And, um, the idea is that your brain actually like, you know, imputes that information, you know, somewhere, uh, kind of like your, if your computer language would be, uh, all that, uh, memory that your computer has been using gets stored onto the, like from the Ram actually goes to that hard drive. Now, you know, from the day when you restart your computer or shut your computer off, it kind of gets put somewhere. And they're talking about how, um, if your children just see you upset and frustrated every night before they go to bed, and that's the last thing they remember that actually shapes the way that they see you, you know? And so, uh, it's amazing just to see how those things kind of play into parenting. And, you know, that's why for me, like, even if there is a frustrating moment or there's something happening, you know, um, that is frustrating, you know, I want to make sure that the last thing that my kids remember is not an angry dad, right? You know, go to bed, you know, type of a thing, but like a, Hey, I love you. We'll see you guys in the morning. Like that actually shapes their, not only the confidence that they have as a child, but any lingering, uh, fears that they may have, like just there alone, just making sure that that pieces together does have a huge impact on your, on your child and their psyche and, and just their, even their own image of themselves, uh, knowing that they have parents that love them and care Mm -hmm. for them and they're not upset with them before they go to bed. Um, and so for me reading that in this book really transformed the, 
the uh, the verse I talked about. Don't let uh, the sun go down on your anger, because mm-hmm. I normally just thought of that as like a marriage passage, you know, like, right. you know, Amber and I are upset with each other. Well, we need to make sure that we are, you know, not upset with each other before we go to bed. Right. Like I always thought that was the way that that verse was applied. And then it started dawning on me that there's no indication that it's meant for just a husband and wife, but that's really meant for your kids and for your family. And, you know, that actually determines the way you might see them the next time you you know, see them or impact even at a, um, uh, at a deeper level or inner man level. Um, so you may not even know that you're thinking this, but you have that kind of background just kind of running in your mind and that script, I guess if we use the sure. word script that's yeah. running, um, yeah. that's being formed yeah. uh, and we don't even know it. And so absolutely, uh, we got one more, we got probably time for one more thing. Is there anything uh, from like a family perspective that, um, whether it's from uh, Justin Early's book, either Common Rule, Habits of the Household, or just from your own personal life that you say like, I think this is a uh, just a key piece or something that I think families could adopt that is relatively easy when it comes to developing rhythms and kind of lifestyles of um, discipleship in their home. Sure. Well, I do think you mentioned the quote earlier where he says that our, our habits don't change God's love for us. Yeah, and, let, me, let, I, let me read that real quick. So I don't know if I read the whole thing. So let me read that real quick. And then. Uh, no, that might have been. Yeah, it was before it was before we recorded. Um, so uh, the the quote that he's talking about is from uh, Justin Early. Your habits will never change God's love for you, but God's love for you should change your habits. So that is really important in the midst of this because again, I think I don't do this perfectly at all, right? And and that is is important. And and I don't view God's love for me according to. Have we done all of our routines perfectly? Have our kids gone to bed peacefully at every level? You know, every night. So, I think that's important because because this can become something that you utilize in a way that makes life miserable for you and for your family, right? And and that kind of rigidity that's there. And so, it's really important, and that's the gospel ultimately that we we understand. And so. That, I think, is is a significant element in incorporating this, is this is for our good. It's kind of like that that Sabbath was, or man was not made for Sabbath, Sabbath was made for man, that reality, like these are things that are helpful for us, that I think they help us, as you said at the beginning, become people who love God and love one another better, and they're, they're, they're helpful at all these formational levels, uh, but but we have to keep that in, in mind. So I, w- I want to say that, I think, before, before we close this time. But I think from a, from a practical standpoint, you already have these rhythms and routines in your day and in your week. And we're not talking about adding a lot because I think that is what parenting is incredibly difficult. Sure. And it can be overwhelming emotionally, physically, you know, every – uh, level and and when parents hear you got to disciple your kid it feels like something we have to add on top of everything else that we're doing and I think that is is really not the case and so recognizing for me okay what are my routines and orange was the first place that I saw these these daily rhythms and and they talk about it anyway it's it's breakfast, you know, morning time, sure. drive time, lunch time. Uh, I think they have bath time, bedtime. But we all have, have these. And looking at them and saying, okay, how can I use that time intentionally? Because that intentionality is really 
what is, is, is important. And, and so it's not adding a lot. It's just utilizing what's already there in a way that is, that is helpful. And so I, I think that the, the, the consistency really is, is important. And, and if I were to, you mentioned bedtime, you know, I think if I were to start somewhere, I would probably start there saying, okay, we're not going to do all of this necessarily at once, but maybe we start at this one place. And what that means is we're going to try to get our kids into the bath or whatever at this time. And we're going to try to be in their beds around this time. We're going to try to move the process along. And then, and then this is going to be our, our rhythm, you know, whatever that is. Um, and, and just doing that consistently. I think, I think statistics show it takes like four to six weeks for a habit to develop. But there really is this uh, flywheel effect where when you put this in place, again, it becomes easier. You're not having to fight as much on, on just getting this developed. Uh, but yeah, and I think I think all the evidence that you mentioned is reasons why that would probably be a good place to start. Um, and I realize people have different. Maybe I like I drive my kids in the morning, but obviously folks who homeschool may not have that. But just figure, okay, what is what are the rhythms that are in place? How can I be intentional with them? Um, and and again, things like prayer. It doesn't have to be some profound prayer, right? Again, for us, I have a short prayer, and then we sing the Lord's prayer together, and and that's helpful I think uh, and and in the evening just Jesus story but whatever it is you know so so you don't have to get a theology degree you don't have to read all of these books even sure. to do this you can really start at a I think a, a level of simplicity but just being intentional and being consistent that's perfect yeah I think um, I think bedtime is a great starting point I think the second place that I would probably point uh, families to is dinner time and it may not be every kind of dinner throughout the week because I think especially for families that their kids are older they have sports they do all these different things where you know sometimes dinner time maybe only half your family's you know present but trying to each week have uh, at least a dinner together as a family I mean hope I mean I would hope that it's more than that you know depending on your schedule but uh, some families can only do that and sure. so uh, whenever it is or maybe it's not dinner time but a time where your family can get together you know once a week and at least uh, kind of read scripture together, you know, and I don't think it has to be crazy. I mean, you can open up Proverbs, you can know Psalms, you know, whatever it is, just kind of make a pattern or it could just be like, hey, we're going to read through the gospel of Matthew, you know, and you do just a couple of verses. You know, my kids are young, six and three. And so we don't go into a whole lot of depth. We use the Jesus Storybook Bible and we just read one little story just to kind of inform, you know, my kids. We maybe ask them a few questions, um, you know. Mm-hmm did you learn anything or what did you think was interesting about this story? And we pray and, yeah. you know, we try to get in a rhythm at least once a week to specifically doing that, if not, not more. But I think those are places to start bedtime, trying once a week to get together and read some scripture and then, um, you know, kind of de- building it out from there. But again, these are not meant to be burdensome things. You know, these are meant to either replace bad habits mm-hmm. or just utilize our time, uh, better. Yeah. And again, I really believe that when we do this and we instill these rhythms, it's not uh, it's not meant to be burdensome, but it will actually bring us freedom. One of the things that Justin Early talks about is that freedom is not the 
absence of no restrictions. And we talked about that yesterday a little bit of um, how we tend to think that we can just be free without any of these restrictions. And yet it's actually more captivating and more restricting when there is no boundaries and is no uh, kind of guardrails and, and kind of disciplines. And so um, we can tease that out on another episode later down the, the line. But um, I just want to encourage parents who are going to be listening to this that um, rhythms are important. I think you're going to benefit a lot from kind of instilling some of these uh, these uh, kind of disciplines in your life and spiritual forming habits. Now, if you were to give one last thing of parents are listening right now, one last bit of encouragement and maybe further kind of resources that we can kind of point them to, even if it's just the early books, um, what would you say? Last bit of encouragement. No, I think that the opportunity God gives us in shaping the lives of our kids is is so incredible and ultimately we are dependent on him to work right but i think the the stewardship that we're given is is massively important you even mentioned dinner time i mean there's all these statistics not the totally secular statistics that just show even like just having dinner together routinely has massive effects on the rest of a person's life sure so so just doing these these kind of small seeming things is is affecting your kids in positive ways and and so that element both the oppor- the incredible opportunity we have in shaping lives you know and we know this the first 5 years are massively important but the the entire time of kids in our household is is really significant on who they become and and so God has invited us to partner with him in this process of growing these we talked about the trellis and the vine, these, these, these lovers of God, lovers of others, um, who, who are going to, you know, be people who, who go out and have their own families and their own, you know, and, and so I just think that the, the way that we consider, um, just that impact is, is really, is really important and, and that we are thankful. And I think that's something I'm really trying to cultivate in my own life is gratitude for my kids, for the opportunities that we get. And um, it's, it's so easy to just feel like, oh, this is what I messed up on, or you know, this didn't go the way I wanted it to, or this was really difficult, I'm just exhausted. <laughs> you know? uh, but I think, I think for me, cultivating an appreciation of this opportunity that God's given, and, and the, the, the moments, because there are these moments where you're just like, man, they're one, I lo- you know, obviously we love them, but we see these moments where they just shine. Sure. And, and just being so thankful for that and the opportunity God's given us. So, yeah, I think that, that the perspective is so, so big in, in seeing um, just the opportunity that, that we have and, and being thankful for it. Perfect. Well, hey, appreciate you being on the first episode ever of the Family Mi- Fam- Fairview Family Ministry Podcast. There it is. Um, appreciate you being here, and thank you so much for the conversation today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Fairview Family Ministry Podcast. We are so grateful that you are here. If you are new to Fairview Church or you're just checking us out, you can find out more information about our church family at myfairview.org. If you are part of Fairview Church, we're just so grateful that we get to step alongside of you and partner with you as you disciple your children at home. We really believe that parents are the main disciple makers in their household, and we are glad and so excited that we just get to be a part of that. 
that. And we get to be a part of, of uh, equipping and partnering with you. It is such a blessing for us as a family ministry team. If you can, go ahead and leave a generous review on one of the podcast sites or wherever you're listening to this podcast. That would be super helpful as we continue not only to minister to parents within our church family, but also to reach our community and abroad. We're so grateful that you're here. We love you guys and may God's blessing be on you and your family as you go. Love you guys. Bye.